Welcome to Big Bear Christian Center Sermon Audio. Join us today as I continue in our study in the book of Joshua. Today we're in chapter 21 talking about the cities for the Levites. It's a powerful message to understand that God has placed us in the world, in the places that we live and work, that he wants us to be a light in the darkness. So join me in progress as we continue our journey through the book of Joshua. Wow, God. See, he's got a calling for us. He's got a calling that we would be more than just those who would go to a place to worship, but we would take worship with us and be a, a presence carrier wherever we went. You know, the, the Levites, they didn't get their own land. They didn't receive a possession because that land was not theirs. See, God placed them strategically, but that wasn't their home, just like us. So we don't get an inheritance. We're here, but this should not be our focus, this place. Our home is in heaven. And we need to always remember that. Then we're not, we're not to be building up our own kingdoms here, but knowing that we're supposed to live however God calls us, and he places us where he places us to be a presence carrier, to be a presence bearer in the world. And that doesn't mean that you can't have a house I mean, because the, the Levites did get cities and they got pasture lands. So they, they not only did they receive of the tithes and offerings, the, the priests, but they also got pasture lands to raise their own. And so they had to work and they did other things. They had their lives, but the point was that they were appointed to live in those places. You know, God has called us and appointed us to live this life in the places that we live them. Your life, your job, your family, your home, your neighborhood is God's placement and choice for you to live to be a presence bearer, bearer for Christ. And that should be exciting and a little scary. Because, because now we're getting a realization that God didn't just you know, want to bless us and make our life good and we can go to church and sing songs, but he actually appointed us and called us to be his holy people because we responded to him and he has a call for each and every one of us to bear his likeness, to bear his presence wherever we go in the midst of the world. Who feels like they live in the midst of the world? You know, wow, sometimes you go into these places in your home or your work and you're like, I am right in the middle of, of people who don't know the presence of God. And God is calling us and appointing us to be kings and priests. Look at your neighbor. Say, so he's talking about you. You're a priest. You guys aren't very good at this. So turn to your neighbor and say, you're a priest. I mean, come on, this is really, you're a, you're a priest. Wait a second, you know, none of us got our collars on this morning. And, you know, do we get to exonerate people from their sin and tell them to do Hail Marys? That's not the kind of priest. All of us as believers are kings and priests. And the priest is the one who stands between God and man and helps connect the two. We've been called to be priests so that we can take God and people who don't know him and help them to know each other. That's the role and the job of a priest. See, God never intended us to be spectators, which is a horrible setup today because you're all looking at me like spectators. 
But I'm just here to help encourage you to know your role and my role is, is not to be a spectator, but to be active in understanding that we're all kings and priests. Wow. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. We've got to get new glasses for me, Shannon. Mm. So much good stuff in this chapter, right? Wow. First Peter two nine. And as you, as you keep keep your hands there, I want to I want to listen to a, I want to just read a couple other scriptures that are going to going to back this up. You don't have to leave out of First Peter. Deuteronomy chapter seven says, "For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be His people, His treasured possession." Deuteronomy chapter fourteen says, "You are the children of the Lord your God. Do not cut yourselves or shave the front of your heads for the dead. You are a people holy to the Lord your God. Out of all the peoples on the face of the earth, the Lord has chosen you to be His treasured possession. That's for us, and we're going to see exactly what that says as I read First Peter. You." me we are his treasured possession he has called us from out of all the earth to be his possession and to be kings and priests and let's read first peter 2 verse 9 am i there it says now this is to the church to us you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now the people of God and who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims to abstain from fleshly lust which were against your soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may say by your good works which they observe, Glorify God in the day of his visitation. Nine says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. When you woke up this morning and looked in the mirror, I'm sure that's what you said. <laughs> I'm a holy and chosen, and you said, oh my goodness, what am I going to do with my hair today? And what am I going to wear today? And you, and you made a choice, am I going to iron it or not? Obviously, I didn't iron today. And right, we wake up and we don't feel like a chosen people or a holy nation or a redeemed people that God chose us out of the earth, but we are. And the thing is, we got to get beyond our feelings and start living by faith and be the people that God is calling us to be, set apart, holy, living in the world to be carriers of the blessing, carriers of the presence of God wherever we go. And church, I am looking at a holy nation, a chosen people. Amen. I, it's amazing. We are chosen people. We're picked and chosen. You know, like, like back in elementary school when you played kickball. Well, hopefully not like that because I was always picked last. Actually, I was picked second or third to last. Uh, there was always somebody who was put, picked less than me. Were any of you picked first? Yeah, you know, then that felt feels pretty good, there, guy. You know, picked first. You know, only one person. We're all in here. Nope, I was last. I was the one who missed on kickball. Right? Remember those kids? Kid picked 
And when you got picked first, you're like, wow, I was picked first. Most of us were like, I didn't like those games. <laughs> but we were chosen from God. He looked out and he says, I want you. You're my elect, mi elegido, my chosen. He says, and you're a chosen people. Another, another word for people is race. No, no, and today, and in Big Bear, you know, there's not a lot of racial diversity in, in this town, not, not really. But race is, you know, this, you know the, the, America's definitely become the melting pot, and we've so many races, and it says, no, you're a chosen race, huh? He says, no, you're a new race of people. It's called Christian. It's not black, white, or brown. It's not American, South American, European, Asian, African, Australian, and Antarctican. <laughs> right? Those are the continents, aren't they? Are there any Antarcticans? <laughs> Then, what are those with the Australians? They get their own country and continent. But we're not Asian or African or American or South American. We are a chosen people, a chosen race. He says, I want you and you and you from all over the world to become a chosen race. Now, we have pride in our nation, and we, don't, we have an amazing nation. You know, yeah, there's, there's issues and there's problems in it, but we still have the greatest nation on earth. And if you've ever been out of your nation, you quickly realize how great your nation is. And if you have not left your nation, don't, talk, don't speak too badly of it because we still have the greatest nation on earth. And I remember at, I was in, in, in Norway to do an outreach in, at the Olympics. I was at the Olympics to do an outreach, and I wasn't going to get to go see anything. We were there to just, you know, witness out on the streets. And I was playing guitar in below zero temperature, Steve. Below zero outside. Oh, my goodness. It was cold. We could play one song, and then we'd switch guitar players. And anyways, we're out there sharing. And, and, and one of the days... The guys come, the, the leaders come up and said, listen, there's, you, you got here a little early. It was actually the first day. And they said, do you want to go see an event? We're like, we get to go see something. And so we said, yeah, we're at the Olympics, and we didn't think we are going to see anything. And they said, well, we're going to go see a hockey game. So we go and we go see a hockey game. I didn't care who was playing. I didn't care. I'm like, I get to go to see an Olympic event in Lillehammer, Norway. And so we get there, we get in, and I still don't know what. We sit down, and we look up. I look up, and it's Canada versus USA. <laughs> Canada, this is going to be great. I mean, I, like, I honestly didn't care. So we're sitting there. We're not prepared, and we're, we're watching, and, you know, we lose. If you remember, we lost. But, but we're watching, and it's, it's great, and, we're, and I've, we got all this, and I'm feeling pride rise up in me like I've never felt before. America because I'm not in America, and we're fighting against Canada, and I'm like, America, and there's this guy behind us with this huge Canadian flag, you know, like, <laughs> and he's going, and he's right above us, and the flag's flapping in front of our faces, and one of our guys had a little tiny American flag, like this big, and so he's waving it, and we're like, and pretty soon he gets that flag and waves at the guy's face, in your face, we're America, And the pride is like, yes, that's my country. You are a chosen 
race. And we should have that same feeling of pride when we go, I'm a child of God. The connecting piece is that I'm a Christian. And I say, in your face, Satan. I am part of something so much bigger. And it doesn't matter what color you are, what ethnicity you come from. We are the people of God. And I could say, just as an American, when you don't do your responsibility as an American, and when you're living contrary to the values, doesn't that just irk us? And you say, come on, line up. We should live by the ways that God has chosen for His chosen people, a holy nation, a holy people to live. We are not of this world. We're ambassadors, the Bible says. We're different. God has chosen us to be his people. And just as in Joshua, he says, some of you are going to go there, and some of you are going to go there, and you're going to live throughout the world. And people, when they see you, they're going to know that you're the Levites. People are going to know that you're the Christians. You're a, a bearer of the presence of God. I have called you apart from this world. And none of us deserved it. It's not like we took a test and God says, wow, he got a pretty good score. Let's take him. See, this isn't kickball. You're chosen because, because you got a strong leg or you're fast. He chose us because he loved us, but he handpicked. He says, I want you to come. And he says, and there's a lot more and you need to go. You need to understand one of your roles is to go and bear my presence because I'm not done bringing in the team. There's more people that are supposed to be part of this nation, this holy people. It says you are a, a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. <clears throat> Royalty. I don't think there's too many people in this room that feel like royalty this morning. If I'm not mistaken, you are a cousin to the, the king of Norway or prince of Norway. Marilyn used to tell me that. You know, Bob Taylor's, he just found out in his lineage there's kings and royalty. Oh boy, if you, got, if you know Bob, you've got the emails. He says, I'm part of the royalty. I don't feel royal. Do you feel royal? God says you are. God says you're royalty. Because we are sons of the king. The Bible says that we're co-heirs with Christ. That means that whatever Jesus inherited, we inherit. We are co-heirs with Christ, sons of the Most High King, our God. We're royalty. And that should make us live and understand something different about us. I am, I am not lowly. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You have been chosen and he's made you royalty. And you're part of the priesthood. Remember, the priests were the ones who would connect God and man. So we're royalty and we're priests. And God has called us to live as royal priests in this world. Being an example and a representation of our king. As well as connecting people to the king. That's amazing. I remember the story. Whether... Whether it's true or not, I'm not sure, but I, I, I've heard the story that, that one, of, one of the Caesars, and I, th I believe it was actually Julius Caesar himself, was speaking, and in, in, in front of him, 
there was this rowdy young teenager, 12 years old or so, and he was acting all out, and, and Julius was giving one of his speeches, talking. And he kept acting out, and finally, Julius Caesar himself stopped. And he says, what's your name, son? And the, guy, the little kid, 12-year-old, looks back up at him and with pride, and he says, I'm Julius. He had the same name. So not skipping a beat, the Caesar says, then either change your name or act right. That wasn't a thing you were expecting to hear, huh? I'm a Christian. Well, either change your name or act right. He has called us. He's given us a name. He has, he has set us apart. We are royalty. We are different. And we need to live in that calling. We need to know that we're a holy nation. A holy nation. You are holy. Not because of anything that you've done, not because of anything I've done, but God has made us holy. It says that His righteousness is our righteousness. He has made us holy because of what He has done. We are a holy people. Our past is our past. Our sins in Christ are forgiven. Everything is new. He has made us holy, whether you feel holy or not. We're part of something so much bigger than us. We're part of the nation of God. A holy people. A few weeks ago, it was just in passing at the beginning or end where I was talking about, you know, the Cherokee Indians and, you know, and Eloa said that she was, she was a Native American. And I said, my wife's, you know, a Native American. She's a card-carrying Cherokee. She looks like it, huh? <laughs> Shannon's a, a Cherokee Indian. She's, she's registered in North Carolina. And it's kind of fun. If you, any of that, you, some of you, you know, even if you're not card-carrying, you go, oh, yeah, I've got... 192nd Cherokee Indian, you know, you know how much it is, and you're proud of that. Can we have pride in being 100% card-carrying, blood-bought nation of God people? I'm 132nd Christian. No, Christ's blood runs in my veins. I'm 100%. That is my nation. That is my nation. You know, even as, as Native American, she gets all the benefits that all the others do. Not just a portion, three thirty seconds or whatever she is. Because when you're part, you're all. We're in the family. We're 100%. And we have all of the same things. We're a, a royal priesthood and a holy nation and chosen by God. And we are a people belonging to God. That's the last part of, the, of 1 Peter. We're a people belonging to God. We are not our own any longer. We've been bought with a price. We belong to the King of Kings, and yet sometimes we're living our own lives like we actually have the authority to do that. We belong to the Father. We belong to God. In fact, the Bible says when it says you've been bought at a price, we love that. Oh, God, we've been bought at a price. We know that and we can connect with that and, and, and we've, we've cried tears and if we, we see the passion of the Christ and we see what he did for us and we go, God, you bought me at a price. 
But the next part of that scripture says, so honor God with your body. You've been bought at a price, so honor him with your body. Live like that. Be part of this world where I've planted you, but be a Levite. Be a Christian. 100% of another nation living inside of another nation. But we have an identity crisis. We don't know who we are. We need to begin to really understand who we are. Most, most of us in this room, especially men, we are what we do. If somebody would have that strange conversation and say, so, Mike, who are you? What do you mean, who am I, Mike? You know, it would be uncomfortable. You would, say, you would probably say, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm this, you know, I'm a carpenter, or, you know, I'm a, a contractor, or I'm a this. I'm a, no, no, who are you? Well, what do you mean? Who are you? Who is your core? You know, most men, I don't want to scare people, most men that retire die within two to three years of retiring because they don't know who they are. Their whole identity is wrapped up into what they do. And when they stop doing what they do, they don't know who they are. And they have no purpose and they have no identity and they die. Church, our identity is in Christ. Who are you? First and foremost, I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm part of the royal priesthood. I'm part of a holy nation. I belong to God. And he's given me gifts. And he's going to give me different gifts as I get older and different talents. But those things don't define me. I'm a child of God. And my first and great, greatest point is to live among the people and be a carrier of the presence of God. Now, I might get to be one of the guys who carries the pole of the tabernacle, just carries a little thing. I might do this or that, but that's just my job. That's just something that I do. But who I am, I am blood-bought, changed by God, 100% of his nation. We need to discover who we are and, and grab on to the king of kings who, who spoke us. Did you know when we get to heaven, we get a new name? Yes. We get a new name. I want Humperdinck. It's <laughs> just fun to say, huh? We get a new name. I don't even, I mean, really, seriously, I don't know what it is. We get a name, and it's, it's a hidden name, and he's going to call us the new name. And it represents his giftings and who we are in him, and it's a new name. You know, people in the past told me I should change my name. Because, because... I've had my house broken into, I've had my car broken into multiple times, guitar stolen, stereo stolen, all of my contractor. I was doing construction and remodeling and I had thousands of dollars of stuff stolen from my house when I was on vacation. I had Shannon's bike when she got to know me, her bike got stolen from my house. I've had, I was mugged at knife point in Guatemala. They stuck a knife in my throat and stole my wedding ring and my Bible and my computer. And they said, you should change your name. I said, why? Because you keep getting robbed. <laughs> that's not a joke. That's, that's not even a joke. They said, and they were serious. I said, well, you're like, I want a new name then. Stop robbing from me. But when we get to heaven, we get a new name. But it's because God knows us. He knows our true identity. And he, it's different than your name and what your name maybe means or what your name has become. 
And, and, and you know, no, one, no looking around the room on this one, but we all know people, and I don't think there's anyone in this room, but we all know people, when you hear their name, you shudder. <laughs> you shudder because they're bad news. <laughs> you go, oh, not them. It's great. <laughs> you guys. They are a lot of they are a lot of fun to have together. You know, you've made a name for yourself. You ever heard that expression? Oh, man, he's made a name for himself. What do you mean he made a name for himself? He made a reputation, good or bad, and that's synonymous now with your name. Well, we get a new name because God says, I don't look at your past, at your sins, those things. I look at who I created you to be. So right now, as we're getting ready to close, and it's actually not 11 yet, so we're good. As we're getting ready to close, you need to take this time to take an inventory to say, who have I been? I don't want to be that anymore. I don't want to be known as the, put your name in. That's not who you are because God's going to give you a new name. Because he's called you out of the world and he says, I've chosen you to be holy, to be royal. You're blood bought. You're my child. You're not what you used to be. You're not even what you think you are. You have my blood. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm going to call you out of all of the things. And all of, most of us in this room have already been called out. But he would then speak to us, so live. Live the way I called you. Don't go back to the old ways. Don't be a simian who gets swallowed up by the land that you're living in. And that's what happened to Simeon. He just gets swallowed up into the other people groups and there's no difference. Be a Levite. And remember that part of the roles of the Levites, all of the cities of refuge were Levite cities. See, God has placed us all around and one of the things he's made us is a refuge for the people who need a refuge. Our lives should be that refuge. You should be the house, the person who somebody comes to and says, I don't know where else to turn, but I know you're safe. You're different. You know, yeah, you live near me and you work with me, but you're different, aren't you? You're not of my tribe. You're different. God, I thank you that you have given us a new name, that you've given us a nation, You've called us to be part of your family. That you have done the work. God, and you have planted each and every one of us to live in this world. But you've planted us to live as ambassadors. As those from another nation. As those from a different people group. God, but right now some of us are going, I can't. I can't. You don't know my past. God, I pray right now that they would just settle that right now in the blood of Jesus. And I pray that there's not one person who would walk out of here feeling trapped by their past, their sin, their decisions. God, but you would wipe every tear away and wipe everything away and let them know that you have called them and you call them beautiful and wonderful, your child.
God, I pray that we would know that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We would honor you with our bodies because we're not of this world. God, you would help us to to know that we have a, a role and a goal in this world is to be a refuge, to be a light in the darkness. To not put all of our hope in this world, but know that we belong to another nation, another place that's not of this earthly world. And put our hope in you. God, my prayer has been this, this week that we would know your love, your care for us, and we would not be marked by our past and our sin any longer. Father, we love you. We thank you that you will walk with us as we walk out your calling to be a light in the darkness, to be kings and priests to this generation. Lord, we thank you for this word speaking to us today. Continue to speak to us in Jesus' name.